Hello, everyone. If you want to know what it's like to buy, sell, and in this case, even ever rent a property with a digital platform, you're going to find out today uh, when we talk to one of our early customers, Kristen Sunday. But before I introduce her, I'm going to talk about the unreal stat of the, of the day. Today, that unreal stat is 5%. Uh, and that's the amount that Kristen saved when she bought a home on our platform, unrealestate.com. Um, Kristen, would love to, first of all, just introduce you. Uh, you are a force of nature. Uh, Kristen's one of my oldest friends. We met uh, at the 2017 Techstars. We, we launched both of our companies. Uh, she's the uh, co-founder and CEO of Paladin. Uh, and I'll, I'll let her do, do her, do, to do her justice, I'll let her uh, describe it and walk through it. Um, but Kristen, thank you so much for joining. I'm excited to have you on the show. Likewise. Well, thanks so much for having me and, and do it justice, no pun intended. So as you mentioned, I'm the, the co-founder and CEO of a justice tech startup called Paladin. And our mission is to increase access to justice by helping legal teams run more efficient pro bono programs. And so we work with firms and corporate teams and bar associations to connect them with individuals in need of legal help. Awesome. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit more later. Um, the first thing I want to do is have you just paint a picture, a before and after picture of your prior real estate experiences um, versus using Unreal Estate. Um, and what did you enjoy most about uh, the experience? Yeah, of course. Well, I'm so happy that you built this because before Unreal Estate, I would just use traditional online sites. Um, but to be honest, they all felt kind of the same. And I felt like they focused on the actual listings rather than the buyer and our experience throughout the process, which can be kind of difficult to navigate sometimes. So what I really loved about Unreal Estate was initially connecting with our agent, Joel, who at this point is a good friend, and he helped us navigate sure. every step of the process. And then most importantly, he ended up helping us negotiate a number of credits that we could use on top of the Unreal Estate closing credit, which we could then reinvest in the property. That's amazing. Yeah, Joel's great. Uh, he's actually one of our earliest investors as well. Uh, so his, oh, it's all amazing. in the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's great. Um, would love to learn and understand more about that overall experience. So you, you mentioned that um, there, there were some credits. You, you you bought a new home. Obviously, this is an exciting yet also could be a stressful experience. Um, and it sounds like the savings were really the number one. I mean, it's one of the things that we we really push forward is, is the, the most important thing on our, our platform. Um, but talk a little bit more about that. Like, you know, you you saved, you know, we said at the top of this this podcast, 5%. What are some of the things you did with that, that those savings? Yeah, for sure. And that was, you know, really important to us to get a good deal, especially um, you know, coming out of COVID. It was really important that we kind of restructure our life around particularly our um, expanded family. So I recently had a baby and we wanted to um, thank you to find a bigger condo, um, a place where they could, my two kids could really grow up. And uh, so a lot of the reinvestment we did was around them and building out their rooms and things like installing new closets and getting new blinds and curtains and um, which sound like basic things, but they're actually really expensive. And then um, on my end, my, my self-indulgence will be this winter when we get a brand new fireplace to help uh, to help me cope with the very brutal Chicago winters. So very oh, excited I'm about jealous. that as well. And these yeah, things they yeah. add up over time. So every every bit of savings really helps. And Joel was instrumental in helping us navigate that. 
the other thing that I really Absolutely. loved about working with him was he had a whole network of folks who could help us. So in addition to buying our new place, um, we were figuring out you know, whether we should rent or sell our prior home. And he helped us you know, fix that place up, connected us with a number of contractors and folks in his network to, uh, to make it really attractive and um, and just improved the place overall and ended up renting it through him for this first year. And then ultimately, when we decide to sell it longer term, we'll be going back to Joel to help us find the perfect buyer. So it really worked out all around. And we're grateful that we could you know, work everything through him. And it was very seamless experience. That's awesome. That's one of the things we find with a lot of our, our, our clients or customers. People often are, they're selling and they're buying at the same time. Or they're they're buying and they're they're trying to decide if they want to sell or rent, and you end up helping people transitioning through more than one transaction. It might be you know two, three at once, and then more later. Uh, we we always want to help people as much as possible, and there's usually savings on both sides, so we we love that. Um, okay, so I want to switch gears a little bit. So you and I have just in our personal conversations talked a lot about wealth inequality, uh, how you know almost a third of that um, wealth inequality. Uh, you know, is is associated with real estate, right? People not being able to take advantage of the equity uh, in, in in home ownership. Would love to understand, given your background and expertise in social justice and social equity, how does real estate affect social equity and access to opportunity in our culture? And what can we do to make it better? That's a really great and complicated question. Um, so <laughs> It's easy, right? I think... Right. Yeah. Okay. How much time do we have? So yeah. it's it's really multifaceted, right? And at the most literal level, owning real estate can be a significant way to build wealth and equity in the U.S. Um, we haven't made it easy in the past. So historically, communities of color have had legacies of things like redlining and disinvestment that hinder our ability to own properties that in turn could create generational wealth. And where you live has a really compounding effect on things like where you go to school, which can help determine educational opportunities long-term and economic mobility, as well as things like where you end up working, which affects your salary and your benefits. And they all contribute to longer-term generational wealth, which is why it's something to really pay attention to. I think it's going to actually take a combination of policy work and also commitment from the private sector to really invest in these neighborhoods and then also support people who are looking to buy property, especially first-time homeowners, um, in order to make real change in racial equity. I love that. Yeah, I mean, th- these are multifaceted, multifaceted um, systemic problems that we're, we're dealing with. Um, it's a lot of work, but we, I, you know, it's one of those things where as a company, um, we sort of have it baked into our, our mission where we're, we're trying to figure out ways that we can, besides just bringing that savings, because bringing the cost down, bringing, bringing more affordability to the system mm-hmm. can help more, more ownership, right? But we're always looking for new ways as well. Um, right. Okay. So, so I, I, I love that. would love to understand, you know, still on, on that social justice tip, in regards to businesses getting more involved, uh, lately, what brands or companies are doing it right? Besides Paladin, you can talk about Paladin too, because you guys are really <laughs> doing it. But would love to understand what what are some of the other ones you admire? Um, any exciting yeah. campaigns or projects that you want to share? Uh, and and it, you can obviously talk about Paladin too. But would love to about learn about some of the other ones you're you're looking at as well. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, I really love organizations that lead by example because that is also what creates change. You, know, you can't be what 
you can't see. And one of the kind of the big news story of this week in the impact community is around Patagonia. So this oh, week, sure. the founder of Patagonia decided to essentially donate the majority of the company to a nonprofit that's going to take their hundred million plus dollars of profit per year and reinvest it in climate and nature related causes. And it's a pretty drastic measure that we haven't really Absolutely. seen before to this magnitude. But I think we're actually going to see a lot more of it in the future. We're going to see companies reinvesting their profits. We're going to see corporate executives kind of restructuring their their lives and, um, and different tax incentives, et cetera, to, to benefit public causes and the public good. And I, as someone who works in justice tech, I am here for it. So it's really exciting to see, and it's creating a lot of um, interesting buzz on both sides as it is a bit controversial. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I, I almost think it's funny. When I saw that, my first thought was just, wow, right? Um, this, that this um, person decided to, to do this major thing for the world. Uh, he had this great quote I saw that was like, you know, the earth is our only shareholder now or, or something like that. I'm sure I'm butchering it, but I was like, ooh, that that gave me chills a little bit. Uh, and it made me want to, another thing that I thought was interesting was it made me want to buy the product. Uh, and oh, I'm not a Patagonia yeah. person. Um, you know, I mm-hmm. when I see that brand, I think about like, you know, the vest, you know, the investment bankers, VC, kind of rocking that that vest. And I, that was not, even though I did investment banking for three years, it's not a fashion sense that I ever identified with. But I, I saw him doing this thing and I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to get some Patagonia now. That's a great point. And there's this phrase that you can you know, do well by doing good. And it really aligns like business and impact incentives to you know, do things that are good for the community, which in turn inspires consumers to um, better align with your brand and it drives consumer decisions. And we're seeing that more and more, especially with younger generations who care a lot about social causes. And that's one thing at Paladin that really drives pro bono engagement is that you know up and coming lawyers in particular really want the ability to get involved with their communities to give back. And um, for me, that's really encouraging because we are going to see more conscious capitalism contributing to um, bigger societal causes and, and making real change. I love that. So let's talk a bit about Paladin. What's going on? Yeah. So um, essentially, our whole mission is to do more and better pro bono work and mobilize legal teams around the world to get involved with different causes. So we work across civil and criminal areas ranging from landlord-tenant right housing issues, which was a yeah. huge problem during COVID and as a, coming out of the pandemic, um, especially as it related to different moratoriums that were in effect around the country, um, things like domestic violence-related issues immigration over to the criminal side, looking at how we can help expunge criminal records, give people a second chance at jobs, home ownership, et cetera. Um, But all of this work is really interconnected with generational wealth and social mobility and and has kind of second and third order consequences on on folks' ability to um, create that wealth and and move up. So, um, So we're really honored to be in a position where we can better connect through our technology attorneys who have the skills to help low-income people in need with those folks to help um, alleviate their legal problems so they can you know, move on with their lives and focus on other things at hand. So it's been a really fun ride and just getting started. I love that. I, I love that, um, you know, when you, when you talk about social impact sort of enterprises, there was for a while that, um, you know, buy one, give one, um, mm-hmm. you know, sort of uh, business model. Tom's model, no, yeah. which, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? But I mean, I, I wear Bamba's socks and I, uh, I'm trying to think of some other one. But yeah, I, I participate in it and I think it's, that feels good sometimes too, right? Warby Parker mm-hmm. and some others. Um, mm-hmm. But in what you do, the very service that you are, you know, um, implementing in the world, every single time somebody's using it, they're automatically helping someone, uh, which I think is mm-hmm. is really cool and amazing. Um, and then when you're, you know, when it's software, there's scale around that, right? Uh, you can right. you can help out 10x, 100x more people with your platform than if I was a single practitioner attorney and said, oh, I just want to I want to go do some pro, pro bono work. Well, that's great, but you you all are doing it at scale, uh, which is amazing. Yeah, and you know, justice tech is a relatively new category, and yeah. it's. It's really interesting because our business and impact sides are inextricably tied in my mind. If we're not getting impact results and we're not helping people in need, then our customers are going to leave us, right? Because that's yep. that's the goal of, of implementing Paladin. And on the other side, if we don't you know, continue acquiring customers, we can't help as many people as we want to. So uh, it's a really interesting way to balance the good uh, social good and the business good. Um, but it's it's working very well thus far, and we've been pleasantly surprised by all the the excitement and the buy-in around you know leveraging tech to help more people. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of this type of technology in the future. Awesome. Yeah. So let me just do a quick recap. Uh, recap rewind. So you know what we found is that uh, you as one of our early early customers uh, saved close to five percent uh, when you bought mm-hmm. your home. Um, you know, I think the average customer on our platform, uh, especially in a city like Chicago, is saving eh, between call it ten and twenty thousand um, dollars. We don't have to get into the details of, of exactly how much you spent, but it looks like you're able to use your savings to really sort of invest in the in your new home uh, for your for your family, uh, which I, I find amazing. I'm I am still very jealous of that fireplace, and when it gets cold, here, <laughs> <laughs> well, come on over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, it's brutal out here when it gets cold. Um, so yeah, we we have the certainly the the savings. You're able to do some some really cool things with that. Um, lots of work to be done in in social justice and social equity, especially in real estate. Um, we're going to and I think you know I would love to follow up with you after this to find out. You know, just get your advice on some other ways that we can uh, really sort of make that core to what we do every day. Um, we mentioned Patagonia. And, and that announcement, that's amazing. Um, and then certainly the great work that, that Paladin is doing. Um, I, I really feel like uh, what the thing you said about um, this generation now, people caring about where they place their dollars and what sort of impact uh, those, the, those dollars have uh, on society. I think that, that to me is a key takeaway from this because, you know, we've done, I think, 36,000 uh, transactions. Um, and one of the things we think about is like, yeah, that's cool. We've, we've helped, you know, thousands of people. But one of the reasons I asked you about how much, like what, what you spent the thing on is because sometimes you find like those personal stories, like, you know, I, I was able to, for the first time, have an extra room. My, my kids were on top of each other. Now we have an extra room and that meant that my kid could sleep more, whatever it is, right? Like those are real, um, human things that everybody deals with and, you know, for some people, you know, saving that 5%, not a big deal, but to the average person, it's a huge deal, right? Um, and so we, we really love those those human stories. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, now is one of my favorite parts of the pod. 
Uh, we're gonna do a, a fit check, sneaker check. Today, I think we're gonna do a sneaker check, right? A sneaker check. All right. Well, well, f- well fit, it'll be a fit you check. Show me yours first. All okay. Right, all right. I'm right, well, gonna do mine you first. Show me yours first, and then I'll show you my my footwear. Okay. All right, all right. What what type are those? We're good. Okay, these are Yeezy Wave Runners, sometimes also called uh, OGs or Yeezy Seven Hundreds. Um, these are one of my favorite favorite pairs of sneakers. Uh, sometimes, you know, first of all, I got them retail, which at a time now you can kind of do it because they're they've kind of like started you know Yeezy and, or Yay and Adidas are in this whole beef, and so I don't know what they're doing with production. Um, but I actually got on the like online raffle. In one of these. Wow, that's amazing. Ridiculous thing. I don't have a bot or anything helping me. I just did. I went straight up to the website and got them. Um, okay, that never happens. So, never happens. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, I, I love these. They're super comfortable. Uh, I'm a huge Yay fan, um, as all my friends know. So, I'll leave it at that. Love but, it. yeah, these are my, these are my, seven, these are my OGs. I love them. Um, all right. So, all right. Well, you're a, you're a little bit fancier than I am. So I am <laughs> I'm working from home today, working mom. So I am rocking my slippers, my favorite slippers. There from you Target. go. I like them. They're so comfortable. So you know what? I'm going to own it later. I'm going to go out and put on some heels, call it a day. But right now, you know, I work from home life. So um, I love it. Yeah. Maybe maybe you can you know show me some cool sneakers too. Uh, to get later on, but for now I'm, I'm sticking with my my cozy slippers. All right, deal. Those okay. So I've got my own version of those. If I ever do the pod from home, I'm gonna have to show those off. But for now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick yeah, with the sneakers. For sure, for sure. Special appearance, yeah. All right. Anything you want to leave our guests with as we we end this pod? No, you know I just I appreciate what you all are doing, and I appreciate the the awareness of and focus on social and racial equity, it's really important. And I think it's going to become, you know, an even bigger part of the conversation moving forward, thinking about ways that you know, we make society more equitable and real estate is a part of that and thinking about how we build generational wealth. So, um, so kudos to you all for, for having that top of mind and any way we can help support, we're happy to. And again, thanks for what you're doing and for having me on. Thanks so much, Kristen. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.